This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's program. If you find yourself going through a time of undeserved suffering, the questions in your mind may be many. Why is this happening to me? Why does a good God allow such suffering in our lives? I thought God was all-powerful, so why doesn't He stop the suffering? What possible good could come from my time of suffering? Well, friends, these are all normal questions because we are human. No one signs up to suffer, and yet you will at some time in your life go through your own times of suffering. Well, our guest today speaks to us in the midst of his own battle to help us grasp God's perspective on suffering today in view of tomorrow. Our guest is Dr. Ken Hodges, Adjunct Professor of Bible Exposition at Grace School of Theology. Dr. Hodges earned a Bachelor's in Science and Industry from Mississippi State University, a Master's in Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, and a Doctorate in Ministry right here at Grace School of Theology. Dr. Hodges served as a Senior Pastor for 18 years in Mississippi and is currently serving as Worship Pastor at Community Baptist Church in the Woodlands, Texas. He serves on the board of the Free Grace Alliance, an international nonprofit organization that promotes the message of faith alone in Christ alone around the globe. We're so pleased to have Dr. Hodges with us today on Saving Grace. Welcome. Glad to be here. Glad I can take a part. Oh, my goodness. We we should have had you on a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> glad we finally got this planned. You know, I heard you speak on our topic, uh, Suffering Today in View of Tomorrow, and I knew when I heard it that we needed to have you on to share this encouragement with our listeners. You know, there's suffering all around us, Dr. Hodges. I know you see it. I see it. No one is immune. And what we find is that suffering comes in many forms and many times throughout our lives. So even as believers, we have to have the right biblical perspective to quite frankly get through it, don't we? That's correct. (laughs) Now, you say that we have to look at the big picture by remembering who God is. As we get started, uh, remind us of those characteristics that are important for us when we're suffering. Yeah, I like to tell people when we think of God, we kind of have to step outside of time. I I like to draw a line, and on one end I put creation, on the other end I put new creation, and I say that's sort of history as we know it, but God is above that. He's from eternity past, eternity future, Mm -hmm. and he sees time just as real at the beginning as he does the end. Mm -hmm. We we call that his his omniscience, his all-knowing. Yeah. And uh, but he's also all powerful. He's he's the sovereign of the universe, and we have to recognize that. Now, if we just stopped right there, we might have a little case to be a little afraid because yeah. an all powerful, uh, all sovereign, all knowing God that we don't know anything about might frighten us a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
But one of his characteristics is he's also all wise. We call it being omni, omnisapient. We have these fancy words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also a God of grace, mm. a God of love, yes. a God of mercy. And so when you put all that together and you see him ruler of the universe, nothing surprises him. And so we can take great confidence in that. <clears throat> and on my timeline, I draw... You know, the fall of man, unfortunately, we, we fell. We're yeah. in a sinful world. Uh, but there's a promised seed in Genesis 3 that's going to come. Mm-hmm. And we go through and we see eventually the call of Abraham, and he's told that the seed's going to come through him. He's going to have a kingdom and a blessing to the yes. nations, all those things. We see the story of Israel, and then Christ comes on the scene offering himself to Israel. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they reject him, and he's mm-hmm. crucified, raised from the dead. And we begin a period we call the church ages, which is where we are today. Yes. But eventually the Lord's going to come back for the church. We're going to go to be with him. That's going to be wonderful. That final week of Daniel's prophecy, those of seven years of tribulation will come upon mainly the nation of Israel because it concerns them. But from that will flow into the millennial kingdom. And that's going to be a wonderful time. And then eventually the new heavens and new earth. But I like to say we're living in between the time of preparation for the kingdom and the eternal state. In other words, we live in a time from ruin to restoration. Yes. So we're in that battle zone, if you mm. will. We're in a fallen world. Yeah. But it, what we do now has significance. But we always need to keep our eye on the big picture of where we are and who God is. And that's that's the foundation stone for understanding suffering. Because if you know who your God is and you trust that he's good and wants what's good for you, then, then you can handle that. Absolutely. And to be a part of his family just really, you know, uh, gives you more reassurance of all Absolutely. that's going on around you. Absolutely. No doubt. Well, God is not bound by time, as you say, but he has a timetable for all of his plans to fall in in place. Uh, And I I love the way you explained that. I wish they could see your timeline. It's a a, a really a visual that you can can remember. Uh, But another part of the big picture is that God is still in control. When it feels like our personal world is falling apart, Dr. Hodges, It's comforting for me to know that God isn't falling apart. Uh, You say God's power is personal. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, like I said, God is sovereign. He's in control. He has no rivals. He he can do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. But he never does anything against his nature. So his nature is love and grace and mercy. And he's personal in the sense that he's too kind to be cruel. Mm. But he's too wise to make a mistake. Mm. And a couple of verses I think about yes. that make him personal. I think about First John 4, 9 and 10. It says, by this, the love of God is manifested in us that God has sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's personal. That's God's yes, love is. poured out for us. And in a parallel verse in Romans 8, again, one of my favorite verses, it says, If God is for us, who is against us? Mm. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, 
how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So God is personal in that he wants what's good for us. Yes. And he, he demonstrated it through his son, his death on the cross for us, but he still demonstrates it through his life and the filling of the spirit and the things that he provides for us. Yes. So he's personal. And, you know, I'm so encouraged by that because, uh, you know, we talk about the love of God and people go, oh, yeah, he loves the world. You know, he, oh, yeah, Christ died for everyone. But you have to bring it home. You have to bring it home to go, but he loves me. <laughs> Christ yeah. died for me. That's right. And if he allowed his son to die for me, then like you say, he, he'll, he'll, he'll do anything for us. That's right. One of my mentors used to say, Christ died, that's history. Christ died for me, that's salvation. Oh, yeah. Good statement. That is a very good statement. Okay, so we've touched on the big picture. We talked about God's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the big picture, and, and we also know that there is a purpose, a big purpose. Yeah. And I have to agree with Dr. Fred Shea, whom you've quoted as saying, it is said that a person can endure most anything if they know the purpose behind it. And that is so, so true. You glean from James 1 to find purpose in our suffering. If you'll take us there, I think that would be helpful. Okay. I think James 1 is just such a classic passage on the reason and how we should react to suffering. Mm -hmm. Because James, he he tells us two things. He tells us that testing or suffering is going to produce in us true Christian character. It's going to do it in the way by by producing endurance, and then it's also going to help us to become mature. Yeah. And I like the way it starts in James 1, 2, and 3. He says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so the first thing we need is endurance. Um, Yeah. And and quite frankly, that consider it, that's a command in the original text. James has not given us the option. He's saying, look, consider it joy Mm -hmm. when you fall into various trials. And and the reason is only only trials can produce endurance. And, you know, I I like the the illustration of an athlete. You're you're not going to become a great long-distance runner until you you hurt and you sweat and you Mm. go through all the trials you have to do to get there and that's that's true true. of anything whether it's playing the piano or or an athlete you know there there are student Mm. you know most professors give a test at the end of the course yes they do (laughs) they're not always easy but they're for your benefit yes and so it produces endurance and then the second thing that it does it uh it helps us to become mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, and I like, again, I have a number of quotes from Dr. Che because I really liked his book. Yes, uh, yes. His pain is truly the gift nobody wants, but everybody needs. I mean, mm-hmm. pain helps us to really look at what's important and, yes. and go from there. But the maturity part, he goes on to say in verse four, let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect, complete, Lacking in nothing. Three words. Perfect, that means to another synonym for maturity. Mm-hmm. Complete, that has the idea of being whole or mm-hmm. blameless in, in sort of a moral sort of way, I think. Right. And then lacking in nothing means that we don't fall short. We, we're fully ready for what life throws at us. Mm-hmm. And boy, life throws lots at us, doesn't <laughs> it? It does. Yes. Well, you talked about you know the need for endurance and maturity. Uh, don't you find that these also prepare us 
for the very next trial? Because this life, it seems like it's trial after trial, doesn't it? It does. I mean, somebody once said you, you're either coming out of a trial or going into the into the trial or in the middle of the trial. Yes. It seems like yes. it's an endless cycle. Yes. Uh, but I think God does that, be, not because he wants us to hurt, but because he loves us. He's yes. trying to help us reach Christ-likeness. Yes. Um, I like, again, a quote from Dr. Shea, trials come into our lives to make us better, not bitter. Mm-hmm. If you let a trial make you bitter, you're, you're failing the test. You're not yeah. doing what it's intended for. You're not letting that joy come into your life and yes. make you better. And one other quote I use, and, and I really like this too, it says, we live life looking forward, mm. but we understand life looking backward. Faith means believing in advance that which only makes sense in reverse. Oh, yes. But I'd like to add one other little statement to mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and that is we understand life looking backwards sometimes. Sometimes. Because sometimes we look back and we still don't know why. Exactly. Uh, you know, I have a good friend that lost a son mm-hmm. by his own hand, and, and, and he, he's, he's, he's made that into a ministry now, helping others, but he wow. still doesn't know the answer. And God won't reveal that answer until probably we see him. Yes, and yes. lots of cases like that where oh my goodness yes we look back and we say why you know why Lord I mean I would say well, why do I need cancer Lord I mean I don't want cancer but I'm to count it all joy I'm to rejoice always so yes, I'm, yes. I'm using it as a platform and yes. hopefully the Lord one of these days will answer those questions exactly and you yeah. certainly do you're such an inspiration to all of us who who see your walk I I I know too and I'd love to to share just your uh, personal experience again uh, through this cancer battle because you kind of thought you were coming out of it and 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 kind of it's so you're learning this endurance thing aren't you I am um I remember waking up from having a routine procedure and the doctor coming in and says you've got cancer I'm like well that can't be I'm perfectly healthy I've, I've always exercised ate right but but my thought was oh, okay I'll have an operation get rid of the cancer and go on the line I mean I didn't understand what most cancer people know is once you're diagnosed with cancer, it's usually a lifetime battle. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I was yeah. in for the long didn't run. Know that. that was yes. seven years ago. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But I did, I did have a remission, and I went mm-hmm. for several years with no issues. Then I got a little spot in my lung, and they said, well, we probably ought to go remove it. So I had surgery on my lung. Mm-hmm. And then I went for another year or so with no problems, and <clears throat> then I began to develop this uh, a little bit of a cough, mm-hmm. and there's some spots begin to show up in the lung, and so <clears throat> you know it's just an ongoing battle. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're fine. <coughs> That's part of the problem. Is of when course. I talk a lot, yeah. I have to, I have to cough. That's one of the bad side effects. Well, you go right ahead and get you a drink there. But yes. um, you know, I, I learned most people when something bad happens, they say, "Why me, Lord?" Mm-hmm. But that's not the right question. If, as a believer, we ought to say, "Lord, for what grace." What great purpose have you allowed this to come into my life? Oh, yeah. And so we view, view trials and struggles as the means for growing and also, I think, preparing us to help others. No doubt. I, I like the statement, um, your mess is often your ministry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think that's true. Oh, yes, I agree. You know, I, I and as you know, I'm, I'm a cancer survivor yes. and, uh, had, you know, had uh, five years with leukemia and lots of things that go with that. Uh, but as I've said, God gave me my greatest ministry uh, yeah. during that time. Yeah. And, uh, he and I just want to say, you're one of my inspirations oh, as far as well. that, too. I've, <laughs> I've watched you from afar, and I've known about you, and I've prayed for your cancer. But 
you, you always light up the room when you walk in. Nobody gets the feeling that uh, you're sad about cancer. Oh, very, very, very thankful that, that that's what people see. And But, you know, I, I am grateful for the lessons learned, for the opportunities, uh, the credibility that you have in speaking to, into someone's life who's hurting. Because it's like, okay, you've been there. I'll listen to what you have to say. And when, then we have that, that opportunity to share the, the love that's of the Lord, right. don't we? Oh, wow. We, we listen to people that have walked the walk, yes. not, not just talk the talk. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, and, and you mentioned, you know, uh, the, the purposes of God. And now we talk about the big promise. Oh, my goodness. Here's the yes. exciting part. It really is. When, uh, when you get to the end of chapter one in James, after he's yes. talked about trials and suffering and requesting wisdom and faith and all yeah. those things, then he says that blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for once he's been approved he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah. And so there's a reward coming for us, not necessarily in this life, mm-hmm. but in the life to come based on our faithfulness and how we endure suffering in our life. Yes. And and you might want to explain for those who are confused by it. Um, this is not talking about our eternal security, but our eternal significance, as you say. That's Talk about exactly that. exactly right. Yeah. Uh, you know, eternal security is based on the finished work of Christ. He died on the cross. He paid for sin. He rose from the dead to prove he was who he said he was and did yeah. what he said he was going to do, which is pay the final payment for sin. And he offers eternal life as a gift to all who yes. simply believe. Mm. Uh, and I love the I love what the school says. It's you know it's a love that can't be earned, but it's a love that can't be lost. That's right. And so you're secure in Christ the moment you believe in Him. And that that goes back to that big picture of God. When you understand your security and who He is and how much He loves you, yes. Then that gives you great freedom to live life. But we still live out our lives. Mm-hmm. Salvation eternally happens in a moment. Yeah. But then we have another, what, 20, 30, 40, 50, however many years we are on this planet to live with eternal significance. And so yeah. eternal significance depends on what we do right now. And, and again, Dr. Che would say right now matters forever. Oh, And so it does. we're looking forward to something that's coming down the line and we want to live today. And, I, and some people say, well, you know, isn't that like just chasing a carrot for a rabbit to get something? Mm. No, 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 no. I want to be able to please my Savior when he shows up. And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, yes. And because I've served him faithfully. But he, he is the one that promised the reward. That's right. And so That's right. whatever that may be, I will be happy with it. Oh, absolutely. And it's not earning acceptance. It's, it's earning the pleasure of the That's Lord. That's right. Oh. That's right. Yes, yes. Well, the promise of Romans eight seventeen and 18 really continues that theme of eternal significance. What can we glean from those verses, Dr. Yeah, Hodges? That, that again. Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters. Oh, but yes. In eight seventeen, 17, uh, Paul says, We are children of God, and if children, heirs also heirs of God. Now, the if children there, and anybody knows a little bit of Greek knows that that's a first-class conditional, which he's assuming it to be true. You yeah. can almost say since children. Mm-hmm. But notice that category. If, uh, we, if we're children of God, and he's assuming we are, then we are heirs of God. So that, there's our eternal salvation. There's our heirship. There's our, we're going to be in heaven with the Son. Yeah. But then it goes on to say, and fellow heirs, or some translations say joint heirs, 
with Christ if indeed we suffer with him Mm -hmm. in order that we may be glorified with him. So here comes that suffering theme again. Jesus suffered. No one is ever going to suffer as much as he did, but Mm -hmm. we we get to come into his suffering with whatever God gives us. And to the degree that we handle that correctly, God is promising us glory with Christ, joint heirship, rule and reign with him, servant kings. I like the way Dr. Dillow says Oh, yes, yes. And then he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Mm. Now, that's a promise that we can't wrap our minds around. I mean, I don't have a clue what it's going to be like, but it's going to be far greater than anything I can imagine. Yes. So is suffering worth it? Absolutely. Mm. Yes, yes. And I like one other verse. One of my favorite verses in that same vein is Second Corinthians 4.17, where Paul says, Momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all mm. comparison. Mm. Now, we know that Paul didn't have light moment. I mean, he, he was, <laughs> go read the list of all the things that happened to him. Oh, and he calls those, those are light. Those are nothing yes. compared to what God's going to give us in the world to come. Yes. So there's a promise that something's coming far greater than we can understand if we will keep that focus and keep yes. our hearts right when we're suffering. Yes, yes, yes. If you were to speak today to someone that's tuning in and and they um, they're just in the the depths of suffering and they're really not grasping the joy, how how do you encourage them? Uh, where would you encourage them? With the verses we've talked about today, certainly, yeah. uh, but to find that find that joy in the Lord. Well, you know, when you suffer. We're not saying that you just automatically are happy. Right. (laughs) Because a lot of times you grieve. There are stages of grief that people go through. Uh, You know, a friend I was talking about when he lost his son, he said, man, I went through a whole period where I was really angry at God. Mm -hmm. And, and, but, but you go through those stages and the thing is, is to keep trusting the Lord. Now, I love Psalm 6. When I was in seminary, it was a psalm that I had to do Hebrew exegesis on, so oh, I can never forget oh. it. But David is suffering, and he, yeah. man, he says things like, I'm making my couch swim with my tears. He uses mm-hmm. all these expressions to deep, deep grief. And then right on, I think it's verse 2, he says, but, oh, Lord, how long? Mm-hmm. He's just crying out because yeah. he can't see an answer. And yet at the end of the psalm, he says, I know, I know the Lord's going to come around. So when you're in the midst of suffering, realize God's still there. He's yes. still in control. He still loves you. And it may not be coming around as quick as you would like it to, but if you will keep yeah. that relationship with him going, he will bring you through. Oh, he does. And you know what I found, and I know you have found this as well, during times of intense suffering, I had intense in- intimacy with the Lord. Oh, yeah. And matter of fact, sometimes I'm in remission now, and I praise the Lord for that every day and, and certainly enjoy the intimacy that I have with the Lord. However, I've, I've shared with my husband, but you know, <laughs> I miss that special intimacy uh, yeah. that I had when I was in the midst of suffering. Uh, and I can't explain that. But I know that it's a, it's a tender love of the Lord. You almost feel like you're in his arms with uh, him wrapped around you. Uh, and uh, I, I just think it's a beautiful thing 
for an individual who is suffering to ask God for that level of intimacy, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I find that to be true. Yeah. And, you know, in the mornings when I read verses that I've read hundreds of times, will all of a sudden sometimes take on a new meaning. And, yes. and, and you know, I, I think suffering for us cancer sufferers, First of all, it lets you know, you know, I'm not immortal. Life is going to come to an end. It may, maybe sooner than I want it to. So, yeah. I want to make sure it counts. And here's kind of my verse. I, I love this verse. It's, yes. This is um, Psalm 71:17 says, "Oh God, Thou hast taught me from my youth. I still declare Your wondrous deeds. And even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me mm. until I declare Thy strength to this generation Amen. and Thy power who are all to come." So Amen. that's my prayer. Lord, use me as long as you want me to to declare it, and when it's time, it's time. Uh-huh. And, and the wonderful thing about knowing Christ is we don't, we're not scared of death. Oh, no. Now, nobody wants to go through the process of dying. Right. You know, I hope the rapture happens by yes, myself. Yes. But, but, we're, but, you know, we're, we're secure in Christ, and so yeah. that doesn't scare us. Removes all the fear of death, yeah. no doubt about it. Oh, wow. Well... I'd love to take a moment to pray for you. I'd love that. Thank you. Okay. Most gracious Heavenly Father, uh, I just lift up my brother in Christ to you, Dr. Ken Hodges. We call him Kenny. (laughs) Father, I know that he is so precious uh, to you. And as all of these truths that he has shared, I know it's not just words. These he knows in his heart. He knows from experience that you have loved him with an everlasting love, that your faithfulness is new, is, is, is enduring, and that your mercies are new every morning. Uh, this is experiential. And, and so, Father, uh, I just lift him to you because he has been so faithful and his witness through his suffering um, has inspired many to not only know you in, on a more intimate level, but to be able to endure through their own suffering because of of his walk. So, Father, I just uh, know that now he is preparing for new treatments for his cancer. Father, we always will ask you for healing, but we will also preface that by saying your will be done because we know that your plans are greater uh, than anything that we could ask for or imagine. We pray that you will um, continue your walk alongside him, which you will, to give him uh, endurance and strength, peace, uh, all that he needs uh, to walk this walk. And Father, I just pray that um, all of the resources that he and his dear wife need to uh, bring him through this financially will, will come their way to meet every single need that he has. And Father, we none of us know our days. You number our days. So Father, I pray that the days that he has left, the days that I have left, uh, would be spent telling others about our Jesus, because that is why we are here, uh, to bring as many as we can into your kingdom. So Father, I just, uh, again, pray for extra blessings of healing upon this dear man, and thank you for the time that he's given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, oh, it's our pleasure. And uh, thank you for the time that you've taken today to encourage our listeners. You know, I hope that our discussion has encouraged you, our listeners, uh, in your own season of suffering. We do hope you'll check out our program notes to learn more about Dr. Hodges and the many courses 
offered here at Grace School of Theology, or for those simply wanting to know more about Grace on Demand or Grace Center for Spiritual Development, our website is gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.